Sex desire is the most powerful of human desires. When driven by this desire, men develop keenness of imagination, courage, willpower, persistence, and creative ability unknown to them at other times. So strong and impelling is the desire for sexual contact that men freely run the risk of life and reputation to indulge in. When harnessed and redirected along other lines, this motivating force maintains all of its attributes of keenness of imagination, courage, etc., which may be used as powerful creative forces in literature, art, or in any other profession or calling, including, of course, the accumulation of riches. Napoleon Hill. Hey there, peeps. This is Michelle Nedlack. I am super glad that you're here with us today because I'm here with the most amazing guest with the most amazing name, Michelle. Thank you for being here today with us. <laughs> hey, Michelle. Great name. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> so for those of you are for those of our peeps who are listening that don't know who you, the fantastic and amazing Michelle Abraham is, give us a 5,000 foot view of who you are and what you like to do. Oh, sure. Thanks, Michelle. I am Michelle Abraham, my CEO of Amplify You. We help podcasters make their dreams come true in the podcasting world. We help them launch their show. Also, uh, we really specialize in that management so they can stay in their unique zone of genius, which is the content creation, and let us take care of the rest of it. Uh, I live with my family and my husband and our two kids on a lake where we take a boat across the lake to our cars. So we live a little bit of a off the grid lifestyle. We also took our kids for six months in an RV. So we, we kind of like adventure. We say yes to adventure and that's, uh, that's a little bit about us. That is awesome. So let's back up the bus bit. How did you get into podcasting and supporting podcasters? Yeah, it's interesting um, how it, I really started as a listener, actually. So back in 2011, not many people knew what podcasting was, um, but I stumbled across it as a new mom. Uh, I had a, my business brain was kind of going to mush as a new mom. <laughs> I'd had a business in the fitness industry and had to take some time off after I had my son and I was, uh, you know, lying on the floor playing, playing all sorts of things as you do as a new mom with a baby. And I was like, ah, let's turn on the Apple TV and see what's on there. And so I found the podcasting app on Apple TV. And then I, I found the show called Eventual Millionaire by Jamie Tardy. And I was like, oh my God, this show is like so motivating. It's how people got to a million dollars in their business. And it just really motivated me. In fact, I think like looking back now, it probably pulled me out of postpartum depression. I was probably headed that way. We hadn't quite got there yet, but I really think I, I got motivated. I was excited. I would put my earbuds on every morning and or every Monday morning when a new episode would drop. And I'd be like, if she didn't drop that episode, I would have been so mad. <laughs> so <laughs> that was after I mass consumed all the past episodes, right? <laughs> so I kind of learned the behaviors of a listener. And I was like, okay, but like I asked my mom friends what they listen to and none of them know what the heck I'm talking about. So clearly this is still like something new coming down the pipelines here. So I looked in uh, my car, I could see I could listen to podcasts in my car on my phone and the Apple TV. I was like, there's something to this. So I started the Vancouver um, meetup group called uh, YVR Podcasters because I wanted to learn more about podcasting. And it was really hard to find experts coming and talk. <laughs> nobody, nobody knew anything about podcasting. It seemed, it seemed I couldn't find many people. I found a couple of people and then I'm grateful for their mentorship because they really inspired me to get into podcasting. And Fast forward today, we've launched over 200 shows and wow. we manage 65 shows a week and, um, you know, had all sorts of awards in the podcasting space and a category director writer for um, podcast magazine. And, you know, lots of fun things have happened in the podcast space since then. And I just still love it. Oh, that's awesome. So you have podcasts of your own? I do. Yeah. So wow. I have two podcasts. I have um, Amplify You, where um, I really use uh, the Amplify You platform to interview people about their podcast. So I have a behind the mic interview. And they also have another interview where we call it Ask the Experts, where we can bring on people uh, like yourself who could really support podcasters in their business with some sort of expertise um, along the lines of supporting them get their podcast started, maintaining their podcast, growing their business, growing their online marketing. Um, that kind of space. And then the other podcast I have is in the parenting space where I host a show called Blissful Parenting. 
And uh, that shows a lot of fun. And I feel like it's just like free therapy for me as a parent. <laughs> I love interviewing uh, all of the parenting experts out there and learning what I'm doing wrong, what I'm doing right, <laughs> how my kids can grow up to be better people. <laughs> and it's awesome. Nice. So were, were you podcasting while you were traveling? Yeah. So that's my, my business actually was very early stages uh, when I first started. And the very first podcast I started with actually was how we got um, in the RV in the first place. So sitting there with my husband and like, we, we just sold our house, moved to our cabin uh, on this lake. And we're like, well, our kids are really young. The winters are kind of, you know, they're okay. But like, I'm like, maybe we should like go somewhere warm for the winter just so that we have to go across the lake every day while it's cold. And with like a one and a half year old <laughs> and the four and the three year a four year old. So we did. And uh, what, my idea was, well, let's go RVing, but I'm not a clue anything about RVing <laughs> and neither does my husband. So I was like, well, I know what I can do. I can do a summit on RVing families and I can get all these experts together and I can interview them all. And then I could turn that into a podcast. And, um, and then my idea was with the summit, I could sell the recordings of the summit. Well, it turns out <laughs> that was a really great plan because I actually made enough money from doing that our podcast was called RV There Yet. We did the RV Family Summit. And then we met some of these people I interviewed on the road on our trip. But anyways, this, this selling the summit recordings from the podcast uh, actually raised enough money that we bought an RV. We bought a 33-foot Airbus and off we went. We set out in November of 2016 and we went straight from Vancouver to California then we went all the way around Nevada, Arizona. We spent six months with our kids in the RV. It was a blast. Oh, that's awesome. So let's take a little foray. What was your favorite part of the trip? Oh my gosh. Um, I think it was meeting all the other families that were doing this full time. And like, especially some of the ones that I had interviewed for the summit, it was so cool meeting up with them. And we especially made friends with one family where we traveled with them and their, their four kids for probably two months of our trip. And we still keep in really great touch with them. And in fact, the mom ended up working, doing some work with me too. So, you know, I think the friendships we made on the road there were so awesome. The memories the kids made, they still, they were so little, but they still talk about it daily. Oh, that's adorable. That's so sweet. It's cool. So when it, when it comes to podcasting, who do you love to serve and support? Who's your favorite kind of podcaster? Yeah, it's interesting. Um, we were kind of working with everybody. And then finally I said, you know, one day I'm like, I, you know, I really want to be like the Hay House of podcasting. So Hay House for those listeners that maybe don't, aren't familiar with Hay House. Hay House is a publishing company. It's all amazing um, authors who are really focused on personal development, spirituality, entrepreneurship, but all like really making a positive impact in the world. And like, that's who we want to work with. I want to work with people who are out there making a positive impact in the world. Sure thing. Next thing I know, our, our next client that walked through the door or one of our guests on our show is Marianne Williamson, which is one of Hey Ho's biggest authors. So you know what? You, you claim it, you name it. And, and, and to this day, every single one of our shows, the one thing they all have in common is they're out there making a positive impact in the world. Oh, that's beautiful. That's awesome. Marion's got to be awesome to work with. <laughs> yeah, there was a really cool episode. It was when she was running for president, presidential, during the presidential election too. Oh, nice. Yeah, that would have been exciting. I, I was following her a little bit because it was like, wow, that's, that's, take some guts, girl. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I'm like, I would not want to go into that before I was in. I'll be there to support you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not that I could do a whole lot for it's like going into like a shark tank or something, right? Like going into the, yeah. yeah no, <laughs> scary <kidding>. waters. <laughs> that is wild. So give us a Cinderella, an example of one of your Cinderella stories. Yeah, I think um, for myself or for one of our clients. You think? For one of your clients, yeah. For one of our clients. Yeah, interesting. Um, there was one of my favorite clients. I've had so many amazing clients. It's hard to hard to pick a favorite, but one of my favorite stories is about Emily Clark. So she came in to us as a referral from another client, as most of her clients do. Uh, she really hadn't started her business yet. She really wanted to speak about anxiety. And so she had this idea to call her podcast, Love Your Anxiety. And it's been really cool to watch what she did. She was one of the first shows that we saw really understand how to speak properly to the audience where like she was speaking to herself five years ago when she was struggling with her anxiety. 
And so the way she spoke to the audience was like they were sitting at a table across from her. She was in their earbuds. She was really in their head. And like they resonated so much with her. She was getting direct messages left, right, and center. And I love what she did. She sent them to a Facebook group where then she could ask more questions about what they were feeling like. And in return, that fueled all her content for her show. And I thought that was really great. And then she she filled her coaching business and exploded her podcast so fast because I think she was so real about the struggles she's went through with her anxiety and how where she is today. Like she lost her house, marriage, job. And now she can help others get through that and embrace their anxiety and love it. And I think it was a few years ago and kind of, I feel like she, she to me, it feels like one of the first like, young people to really be like okay with talking about it and be like hey girl I understand you I was there too and just the way she speaks to her audience I think that's really cool oh that's awesome so the podcasters that you're working with are they all like hey I really have this story I want to go out and I want to talk about it or are they more like hey I heard about this podcasting thing (laughs) what do we do Yeah, you know, one of the one things they all have in common as well is that they have a business. So they're all entrepreneurs. And I love being in this really weird, small, small space in the podcasting world. We're not like the other podcasts out there that are trying to get mass downloads for advertising dollars and that kind of thing. Our entrepreneurs and our podcasters are really looking for the, the, the true fans, the people that want to use the podcast to get to know them better and then potentially hire them in their business. So like the goal of their podcast really is different. Um, when like the guests they bring on all oftentimes leads to conversations before and after the microphone that move the needle in their business. Also speaking to their guests in a way that they, the guests get to know them as a teacher, as a trainer, as a coach, sharing some information um, with their audience in a way to, to kind of move them into the next step. So a listener always wants the next step to be a two-way conversation with you. And so our podcasters, that's kind of where their specialty is, is helping make that transformation in their listeners and motivate them to make a, make, make a move and do something the next step with them. And so I love that little space that we're in. It's very unique and different than I think the rest of the podcasting world that's moving at mock speed. <laughs> um, and because at the end of the day, the ads that they have, a lot of them have on there are for their own programs and services, which is way more valuable to their listener and way more valuable to them as, a, as, an, as an entrepreneur than having, um, you know, a couple of dollars a month from something that's not really that relatable to their, to their listeners. So all of my listeners right now are going, hey, Michelle, you don't advertise. <laughs> I don't even know what you do. <laughs> I should probably have a couple of soapbox episodes. I actually let people know what we do, but now nah, I'm way more interested at this point in talking to people and just going, hey, what do you do? This is awesome. I love I do the same with Mike. It's all about the other people. <laughs> exactly. Let's talk more about you. Enough about me. Um, so like you, you mentioned the authors, coaches, speakers. Mm-hmm. which I totally get it. It's another platform for them to be able to get out, have half an hour or more to discuss what's going on. I've heard some of them are like two and a half hours. I'm like, that is a long time to talk, but I get it. Um, what, what's kind of the, the magic sauce for you? Is this for somebody that does say a trade or they're a dentist and they have a kind of sidekick thing going on? Who, who is it really for? question it could be for it really could be for like you said it could be for any of those people but it's just the way that they spin it I think the the magic combination is a bit of story a bit of um training and a bit of sharing other people's experiences who can relate to the listeners so the goal is that you're bringing on guests that may have had the same issue or same problem that your listeners maybe are struggling with right now right so um, helping your, helping your audience resonate with the listener. It's interesting. Uh, if you think about it, the episodes that we've seen from all of our clients, like the number one downloaded episodes usually are solo episodes. And then number two is a guest that's not necessarily a really well-known name. It's someone that their listener can, um, identify with their situation, their story, what they overcame. Cause it's similar to what they're going through. So uh, I, I love that. So it really is for, I think somebody who 
I think what works the best is if it's a business that has a service or product that can help people overcome one particular problem and, and have a solution for it. Nice. That can be in any industry. <laughs> That's awesome. And I love that. And I think if people, especially my audience, I think I have a really eclectic audience that I have bankers, I have lawyers, I have electricians, I have speakers, authors, coaches, healers, and total woo-woos. Like, we run the gamut, I'm pretty sure. And what I want to be able to iterate to people is it doesn't really matter what business they're in right now, that they could use podcasting as a platform because it gives you, you know, half an hour or more to be able to educate people on what it is you do, how you do it, and and entice them into, oh, okay, that's, you're, you're addressing the fears and objections that almost everybody has, but they all think, oh, it's just me. I'm the only one that's, you know, afraid of doing this, or I'm the only one that's concerned about that. And it really is an opportunity to be able to voice your opinion and, and educate people. <laughs> I think yeah. more than ever, people want to be educated before they take that step and pay the dollar. Absolutely. I think you said it perfectly right. It's for for listeners to be able to get to know the host, get to like them, get to hear them, trust them, then take the next step with them. And really at the end of the day, that's what they want to know is that they're going to be in good hands. And the job of the podcast is to overcome a lot of those objections along the way. So think about what, you know, people are most, the most questions you get from a, a client before they work with you. Well, those are really great podcast episodes <laughs> to deliver them because then you're going to help shorten that timeline just a little bit, you know, in a day, in, you know, in today's day and age, time and attention is our most valuable asset. And, you know, podcasting is one of the platforms that people will listen to you and spend the most time with you, which is really valuable. I mean, there's, they say up to 20 minutes of time. I opened an, I opened a um, email this morning that said eight seconds. That's a little short. I think podcasting gets a little <laughs> bit more, maybe eight seconds on Facebook or on Instagram, but face by um, podcasting for sure. Like you definitely get people's time a little bit longer, especially if you can weave in stories and, and, and speak to emotion. Um, and if you have something that's movement worthy too, something that people want to get involved with or be a part of, um, that works really well in podcasting. Right. So if somebody goes, okay, I'm a dentist or whatever, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in what this might look like. What are some of the pitfalls that they want to avoid right off the bat? It's like, okay, I get it. You're excited, but <laughs> don't go and do this yet. Yeah. Don't spend 14 hours a week doing it. <laughs> um, don't more. go and learn how to do all the technology. <laughs> so I look at it this way, yeah. you know, if you, let's look at how many dollars per hour a dentist can make in their business. If those four or five hours a week spent in their business, instead of editing their show, learning how to do all the marketing and promotion and stuff like that, right. It equates to far less than it would take to hire someone, a team like, like our team and amplify you to do the whole done for you service. So just be smart. Don't try to like start learning a whole other thing over here. Um, and at the end of the day, if you don't have time to be the host, being a guest is an awesome way. Also you show up to someone else's show. There's already an audience there. You share your message. It's the same whatever the conversation is that you want people to hear on someone else's show to move the needle and to work with you. It's the same, it's the same format. Just now you're on someone else's show. It's a little bit easier. And if you think about the landscape of market of podcasting, I mean, where things and posts and things, as we mentioned before, they're, they're disappearing so fast, you don't have people's attention, but podcast episodes stays there 24 seven working for you. Um, for, forever right until that host takes down that show those so going and being a guest on other people's shows it's fantastic you're leaving your mark out there in so many different ways that people are finding out about you 24 7. Hey so how might somebody get a hold of shows that are looking for guests? Yeah great question I, I love there's a couple of platforms I really love um, one new one rather new one that I find really interesting and it's like there's some big names on there that it's a, sometimes it's a pay to have them on, but you can get guests like Les Brown and, and things like that. Um, and some, some celebrities and things. It's called guestio.io. Um, I've fallen in love with those platforms. I think it's so cool. Like, and you can actually put yourself as a pay. And what a lot of the celebrities are doing is putting that money to, towards a charity. So I think that's really cool. Oh, nice. So you could have access, like John Lee Dumas will come on a show for $150 and it goes to what? charity, I think. Yeah. So wow. Really, really cool. Right. Cause it's very smart of them too. like the guests, of course, 
like people might think they're out of reach, but actually those, those guests, they want to go on as many shows as possible too, right? Like it's, it works for them as well as it works for us. So guestio.io, I love there's podbooker, there is podcastguest.com. And I love podcastguest.com because Andrew Alman he sends an email out every week of all the shows that are looking for hosts. So there's seven or eight or nine of them every week that you can then go apply to. Um, there's a all Hold sorts on. of other peeps. We will have these in the show notes. So don't think that you need to keep going back and back and back trying to hear what she said. <laughs> Just scroll down and we'll have them in the notes. Don't try to write while you're driving. <laughs> yeah, don't try and figure that out. <laughs> don't try to pull off the highway right now. <laughs> keep going. <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> yeah, there's some there's some great ones. Um pod uh pod match is another great one. Uh so some some of them are I think really really great to put your profile up there. People will reach out to you. If you are someone that's going to go as a guest and then reach out to other people, just remember how you go about it is really important because I would say a lot of the pitches that we get to us on some of those platforms are like, no, clearly they didn't read what I do. They didn't even look at what kind of show it is, like who the audience is. Like, no, dog trainer is not a good fit for my show. Like, like you know, <laughs> just as an example. So yeah, just do a little bit of homework first. We have this little um, little formula that we like to share with people and I'm happy to share it um, here. It's called the uh, get notice formula. So first you go and look at their show on Apple or iTunes or Spotify or something. You give it a review and <laughs> subscribe to it. And then make sure you actually listen to at least most of an episode or part of an episode, because if they say questions in there that maybe you're not comfortable with, that would be really awkward when you did go onto a show. But also a, um, a great thing is to then go and start engaging on social media so that when you do send an email um, with uh, to the host about wanting to be on the show, um, they've seen you around, like you've given, they read, their, don't be, don't, don't, don't be surprised that they read every single review. They do read every single review. And uh, they also love seeing engagement on their social media then lead with something that's not about you. <laughs> Don't say, I'm this, I'm that, I'm this, I'm that. So think about who their audience is. Think about what your topic is and, and, and look at the previous episodes. Is there something that they've talked about on the previous episode that might be a good fit um, with your topic and how you can spin it a little bit different? One of my favorite things to do is to go to iTunes and look at their most popular episodes and say, hey, I noticed this episode was your most popular episode. I speak also about this, which I think your audience would find huge value in. And maybe if you think this would be a great fit, I'd love to chat more about this. Um, or say something, compliment them on a previous episode of something they have, uh, an episode that they have um, done already with somebody and say, oh, I loved how you said this in this episode and how your guest was speaking about this. That really resonated with me. And it reminded me, I could also kind of take that into a different, a different area with that same topic. So just do a little bit of homework. Don't just send them a pitch that's like, hey, love what you're doing. Here's my pitch to you. Because <laughs> then it says, you clearly did not look into the show at all. <laughs> yeah, when you can tell it's a cut and paste and it's just the, the, bit, the podcast name gotten pasted in there or that it's a different color of <laughs> right? oh, yeah, 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 no. yeah. you got to put a little more effort in than that <laughs> yeah. awesome so being able to be a guest is awesome and say somebody goes okay this podcast thing I'm absolutely in love with it I I have staff but I'm really not going to get them to start learning how to do this stuff what do you guys actually do for people when you, when they come to you with their podcasts? Yeah. So a couple of different ways they come to us, either they are looking to start a podcast or they already have a podcast that's not aligned with their business and themselves anymore. What happens in podcasting as you grow, you grow as a person and you evolve naturally as a podcast host. And sometimes then your show stays, stays over here and you've evolved over here. And then sometimes they don't align anymore. So that's a great time for a new season or a relaunch. So we either have people coming to us to want to launch 
a new show or want to relaunch an existing show, or they just need some podcast management. They're, they're happy with their show. Oftentimes that comes with a little bit of an audit and a relaunch as well, though. <laughs> so <laughs> how we support them, we have a lot of strategy. We look at their business, their show, how their business and their show can be aligned better together. Um, what are their ideas for monetization, that kind of thing to make sure that you're getting a ROI when you launch a show um, on the time spent on a show. It's a long-term strategy, not an overnight success kind of thing. So and make sure there's, you're committed to it. So we go through all strategy, how to record all the equipment, um, how to uh, take your show and really think about the content that's going to go into it for what you want to do with it afterwards. Do you want to repurpose it into YouTube videos? Do you want to make it into blog posts? Do you want to publish a book with a question that you ask in every single episode? What's the, where, where, what are you wanting to do with the content? And therefore, let's back it up and we'll help you kind of figure out what content should go where. And then once the show goes live, we help you launch it. We syndicate your show to all the different platforms. We set it up on um, the hosting site. We connect it to your website, all that kind of stuff. And it's, you don't have to do anything. All that you need to do is record. <laughs> we'll buy your music license, get your cover art done by a designer, all that stuff. And you have a podcast manager and a podcast coach that holds your hand through the whole process. And you know what? There's a whole bunch of fears that come up when people are about to start a show that sometimes prolongs that launch. And I, it took me four years to launch my show. So I'm very familiar with every single one of those things that stop people <laughs> from launching a show. Every single one of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And maybe a few times over a lot of them. I, I just oh, couldn't figure out that. what I wanted to talk about. <laughs> so, yeah. So, you know, we, we have a no man left behind policy. So if you're interested in podcasting and you put in the work, we will get you over the finish line. <laughs> and then once you're over the finish line, all you're responsible for on a weekly basis for your show is to record and then we will do the rest. So that's publishing it, putting it out on social media, creating social media content for it, um, all that. In, in fact, we even go further with some of our clients where we will book their guests on the show. Also, we will go out and find them shows to be on as a guest as well. So we can really do a totally done for you service so that you can just keep focusing on your zone of genius, which is content creation and what you do in your business, not necessarily learning how to edit the podcast. Wow, that is a full service operation. And I know that for, for a lot of people, um, there's this thing called podcast fade. <laughs> they don't realize that it's, it's because it can be a lot of work and it's not one of those things where it's build it and they will come. They don't. You're out there singing your song in the middle of an empty field. <laughs> Nobody's listening to you. So there, there really are tricks and trades to getting it out there and getting people interested. So there's a few things you said they kind of breeze by really quickly, like being able to take the like snippets of the episode or comments in the episode and being able to repost those on social media, getting those. How do you get the, that enticement? And there's a lot of tricks and nuances to that, that once you start to see them, you go, oh, okay, that's what they're doing that for. <laughs> but um, yeah, you really want to just not have to figure any of those out on your own. <laughs> Trust me. So, yeah, yeah. And we're seeing the ones that pod fade. There's a couple of reasons for the pod fade. One is that maybe they just thought that all you needed to do is start talking to a microphone and put it up on somewhere. And really <laughs> that's when you're going to pod fade is because you're going to burn out, run out of ideas, not be excited about it. So we help people kind of peel back the onion a little further until you really hit the topic that is going to be um, kind of the top of your um, casting a larger net out there. So then you can lead people into your programs and services that are a little bit smaller of a net, but this way you don't run out of content to say that it's still aligned with you and it's exciting. You're just exciting. A lot of our clients say the most favorite thing, including myself, that you do in your business is the podcasting. Um, and, but we don't see a lot of pod feed in our clients because we spend that a little bit extra time at the beginning, kind of really figuring it out and planning it out. Um, and the other thing that causes that pod fade is what I was mentioning earlier, that not being in alignment as you're personally growing. Um, we, I think when I first started podcasting, I thought a podcast had to be the exact same. It can't change over time. There, you know, this is, you start it and this is what it stays as, but really as we've grown into the space and in the, in the industry, things are going to evolve. You're going to change. Your focus is maybe going to change. So maybe season one was broader season two, maybe 
you're moving more towards just like relation, maybe just dating in, if you're a relationship ship coach. And so maybe season two is just about dating, not relationships in general. So you can be more specific and it's a great time to kind of re relaunch, rebrand, new cover art sign, new, new intro, outro. We, we record our intros and outros at the very, very beginning when you suck at podcasting. So it is okay to re-record those down the road. No problem. That's funny. I, and I haven't listened to my intro for a while, but I know that it's, it's not completely accurate. <laughs> I think we changed the name of it and we didn't bother changing the intro. It's like, ah, oh, whatever, it'll work. I just love the sound of Scott's voice that we kept him. <laughs> I love your intro. I think it's great. <laughs> That's awesome. So let me, I know that listeners are going to want more from you. So where do they begin their journey with you? That's a great question. Um, there's a few different places that you can go to. We have something called the podcasters kit where you can go in there and there's tons of free free things that can kind of get just started and you know and you can hit that help button at any time <laughs> as you go in there and get started you know my philosophy is that and this is great for our podcasters out there information is free and people will come for you to you for implementation support and accountability so uh, we have basically everything you need to know about podcasting in this podcasters mm-hmm. kit the other thing, which I'll give you the link for your show notes. And the other thing that we have is called the podcast sales machine live.com. Uh, so that mm-hmm. is something where we get people really excited about taking their podcast and making it into a sales machine so that it connects your offer to your podcast, to your business, and it can start generating revenue for you in your business. And we do that in a live four hour masterclass and we do it once a month. So next one's mm-hmm. coming up real soon. Yay, so go and check the notes, go and check the links, find out when the next one's coming up for you. That is awesome. So I have to ask you this. At what point in life did you know that you were a special kind of crazy enough to think that you could become an entrepreneur? (laughs) I think uh, when I, I, everyone was kind of mocking my dad for having a million different businesses and, and always starting new businesses. And there was a running joke in our family. Well, what business is he doing today? Um, and I was like, I want to do that too. So I think from an early age, probably about 10 years old, I was like, you know, I don't think that's something to make fun of. I think that's something that's real fun. I don't want to be sitting at the same job for the rest of my life. So that sounds like a fun adventure to me. So sign me up for entrepreneurship. Guys, nice. what was your first foray? My first foray as an entrepreneur was in the fitness industry. So I had a boot camp locate boot camp that was in seven different locations across our province, and a and a personal training studio. So it was a little fun. Wow, good for yeah. you! That's Came awesome. Out with a bang, it was very successful. So it was <laughs> it was super fun. My second business not so successful. It was a co working space that was about four years. In, ahead of its time in the suburbs it was the first co-working space outside of downtown Vancouver <laughs> when everyone oh was like what the heck is a co-working space <laughs> oh do that, sometimes you go like hey I had that idea as you see the, the the widget on the shelf going somebody took my idea and then when yeah. you're too early it's like wow <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. why would it be a co-working go. space now there's about 10 in the same location oh, yeah. that we were in <laughs> It's okay. Just too early. There you go. Time for everything. That is awesome. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Any last words for our peeps today, Michelle? Yeah, you have a message inside you that is innate to you and only you can deliver that message the way that the world needs to hear it. So don't be shy. Use your voice. And the more you use it, the more comfortable it gets. And the best time to start a podcast was yesterday. So go for it. Awesome. Thank you. This is Michelle Nedlek. Thank you for being here with us today. If you know anyone who would make a great guest for the show, if you have a topic or question you'd like me to discuss, reach out to me at michelle at awarenessstrategies.com or connect with me on LinkedIn or Facebook. I'd love to hear from you. Hey there, peeps. This is Michelle Nedelec, and I'm super glad that you're here with us today because I'm here with my most amazing guest, Michelle Abraham. Thank you so much for being here today with me. Hey, Michelle. Thanks for having me. Super excited. <laughs> awesome. So peeps haven't heard, this is going to be part two of an uh, interview with Michelle, but give us a 5,000 foot view of who you are and what you do. Sure. So I'm Michelle Abraham. I'm the founder of Amplify You, which is a podcasting management agency. We help podcasters launch their podcasts and manage their podcasts and also find them guest spots on other podcasts. My um 
5,000 foot view is I say yes to adventure. So 47 countries, a lot of skydiving, scuba diving. Later, I now live on a lake with my husband and my two kids where we take a boat to our car and uh, we have no power. We have our power is comes from a, either solar or from a, a water turbine that runs through the creek in our place. Uh, and we run a totally seven-figure business online from the middle of nowhere and no off the grid. So <laughs> that's awesome. a little bit about <laughs> That is awesome. So we're going to get in the deep, dirty of podcasting. So if you're new to the whole podcasting world, Michelle and I did an episode on the Business Ownership Podcast. You might want to go and listen to that. Um, but we're just going to go deep and hard because we like the girl that says yes. So on that note, um, I may do that every once in a while and just ignore me. <laughs> You'll be, you'll be fun. I love it. We were talking about the world of podcasting and how it's changing. So did want to ask you this, because I've noticed that iTunes changed to Apple podcast, but I'm still, I'm not an Apple girl. So I have, when I go to get my link for my show, I still (laughs) upload iTunes again, every single time, get the link, put it to put it in the show notes and give to people give me kind of the 5,000 foot view of the changes in the podcasting world, what Apple's doing and how that's affecting everybody else. Well, Apple totally fucked up this year. Let's just put it that way. (laughs) All righty. They, uh, well, <laughs> we've seen a drop in a lot of shows over the last little while. Um, and that was right when they launched this, like, uh, subscription service. So um, they obviously didn't have the shit together in the back end of it. And uh, <laughs> when they did announce it, it dropped a lot of shows, a lot of ratings, when a lot of people's listenership went way down and did a nice nosedive over the summer. Um, it's now starting to come back, but <laughs> so yeah, Apple podcast has been a little bit of pain in a lot of people's butts lately. Um, but you know, they're still, they're still holding the spot as number one podcasting, uh, platform that listeners listen on. Cause they can listen on their d- mobile devices on the desktop, wherever. Right. So, um, what's changing for them is now you can, you can monetize your show and have a subscription there if you want to. Um, what I don't like about it is that you, if, if people are paying you to listen to your show, you have no information about your audience. So even if they're paying you, you don't have their email address. You can't even connect with them further. You have no clue who they are. So how can you create great content for them? And you have no clue who they are. So that's my rant. Yeah. On Apple. <laughs> that's my IT background kicking in going, no, that's my information. <laughs> that's my yeah. client. That's my goodwill of my company. I'll be keeping that. So yeah, peeps, that, that whole um, business model. If you're into this whole world of podcasting and getting that information, then yeah, absolutely. You want to maintain ownership of that. Has uh, Google podcasts changed as well? Yeah, Google went from um, Google Play to now Google Podcasts. So unfortunately, I don't pay as much attention to them as I do. Nobody does. (laughs) They're kind of like the neglected little brother, which is actually how one of our clients described her podcast when she came to us, like the neglected little brother that needs a little bit of attention. So yeah, it's so cute. But so both of those have changed recently. Things are moving so fast in the podcasting space. And, you know, as I mentioned in our other interview, view i i'm really um we're really in such a small little space in the whole industry as itself so you know for the people that are trying to do subscriptions and monetize their show i say hey guys like listen just speak to your audience speak to them help them have a transformation help them get small wins gain their trust then they're going to come work with you in your business and that's all your job is to do your job as a host is to invoke emotion inspire them to take action and get them a win, get them some transformation. Um, you're having a one-way conversation with them on your podcast. Now they want to have a two-way conversation with you in your in, in real life, in business, in working with you. So, you know, forget about the subscription model. Forget about <laughs> all this extra stuff. Like just serve them, just be you. Um, you know, you can't be inauthentic <laughs> on a podcast because it will not last very long. So be you, share your stories, share your, share yourself, share your alignment and um, be in alignment with your truth. And, and then they will come. Awesome. So 
I'm having a little conundrum in my brain. Do I go back to it and explain what you do with people? <laughs> Why we're talking about this in the first place? Or do we just dive into, okay, so how do you create authenticity on the, in the podcast? But I'm going to back up to you because I think it's important that people understand kind of who you are, the authority that you have in this industry and, you know, why listen to you? Because I think that's hugely important. People go, oh no, I have this great idea and I'm going to go do this. And say, like, okay, you are going to flop on your face. <laughs> Don't do that. It's a waste of time, effort, and money. Let's talk to Michelle first. So give us kind of, um, kind of the background. You work with podcasters to be able to set up their, um, their podcast and you do a ton of work for them in the back end. Describe some of that for me and why it's important that they have somebody like you in their back pocket. Yeah, we do a ton of... Um set up, I guess, is how we want to call it. So we do a lot of strategies. So what is your goal with this podcast? Where do you want it to fit within your business? How do you want them to fit together? What do you want to do with this content afterwards? Do you want to, um, you know, say the same question across every episode, publish it as a book? Do you want to um, use the podcast to write your book? <laughs> That's another great way of using it. Um, do you want the podcast to help move people along to then work with you. What's your goals with the podcast? So we start there. What's your goals? Then we give you some strategy on how to set up the content that's going to be make it the most useful and repurposeful in the back end. Because here's what's happening, Michelle. People are saying, I don't want a podcast. It's like another thing I've got to do. I already do Instagram and social media, all this kind of stuff, right? Well, that's not the right way to look at it. So if you can flip all your content creation for your entire business on its head and say, let's do podcasting. And that's where we're going to get all of our content for everything from and then repurpose the heck out of it afterwards, you've got a great foundation for your entire content plan for the entire month. And all you need to do is then just add a few little, you know, Facebook posts here, Instagram story here, and you've got it covered. So you don't need to use podcasts as another thing you got to do. And you don't need to come up with new content for your other platforms. You have all the content right here in your podcast. Nice. So you're, you're talking dirty to me. Let's talk strategy. I love strategy. When somebody's um, looking at using a podcast, so for those of you who don't know, one of the great ways, just one of many great ways to be able to monetize your podcast is to be able to position your show so that you're you're talking to your ideal client. <clears throat> so if somebody were going to do that, let's say they're going to position their show that way, how would what would might be one of the better ways to be able to take all that content and be able to repurpose it so that it becomes kind of almost like you just don't have to think about what you're putting out there anymore and it becomes easy to do this whole social media marketing thing yeah i would yeah really think the strategy at the beginning of that content creation so um i think one of the best things to do is like what so information's free out there right so say I help people start podcasts. Well, you can go find all that information on Google for free. <laughs> don't necessarily need me for that. And that's where a lot of our hosts are in that position, right? People can find information about what they would help people do anywhere. So give away all that information, give away your framework, your, your processes, um, your systems, no problem because people will love that you give so much value in return, that law of reciprocity will want to work with you, want to support you because you've given so much value. Um, but along the, on the, along the way there, you're leading them to the next step is working with you. So you're solving some problems here. You're giving them some wins and transformation. So packaging up all that information in a way that um, uh, makes them feel like they've gotten a great win um, makes you be able to use that content afterwards. Then you're going to get some listeners that are going to come and work with you, and it's going to be a much more um, interesting, usable content, right? So um, there's all sorts of ideas of things you could. You can make training programs. You can uh, make private podcasts. You can make public podcasts. You can do um, a book from the questions. You can do um, a mini workshops in every episode. There's just so many things that you can do. You can do co a whole coaching program from your podcast. So, you know, just at the, the world's your oyster and the creativity is like wide open, which is one of the things I love about podcasting. You do you, however you want to do it and people will love it. <laughs> nice. Well, the, and I the love right people will love it. <laughs> the right people will love it. Well, and that's important to 
to, to me, especially, it, you know, this, <laughs> so I like to repel the people that aren't going to be interested right off the bat. So it's like, Hey, let's just start off on the right foot here. You're not going to like this. It's okay. And other people, it's like, Hey, I saw you at that little wink and a nudge. You're going to like this a lot. So uh, I like the idea of being able to find that position where you can go and play with the people that, that like, and respond to your authenticity. And I particularly like having somebody like you and a team to be able to banter off of and come up with new and creative ideas because you know a ton of things that I, I don't even know that I don't know, right? Especially when it comes to the creativity of how to use a podcast as, uh, as a positioning statement. For sure. I definitely think that we look at podcasting a little bit differently than a lot of other, <laughs> a lot of other companies out there. I look at podcasting as like the best networking tool out there. Um, and so for me, the downloads are not as important as the conversations I'm having with people on my show and the people that I'm able to reach out to because I have a podcast, because I can offer them a platform to come and share their message on, opens doors for conversations that wouldn't have maybe happened otherwise. So, you know, looking at the podcast as how you can make your podcast work for you in your business. Um, and it, and it not just be the listeners that might be the end clients that are coming to you, but it could also be the people you're interviewing or using it to reach out to people who could be potential joint venture partners, collaboration partners, uh, all that kind of stuff. Nice. I love that. So you, you piqued my interest on the book thing. Um, so talk to me about kind of how would somebody, or what are some of the ways that somebody would use a podcast to to set up their book. Let's start there. Yeah. So each episode um, could be kind of an overview of a chapter, right? So you could have each episode as an overview of a chapter that is a framework in your head. <laughs> uh, you could also ask maybe five questions at the end of each interview you do with people. And those five questions could then each become a chapter in a book where over the course of a hundred episodes, you have a lot of content uh, that, that is the same answer to that same question. So you can um, take all that and put it all together um, and make, make something out of that, right? Um, you could also um, use each interview in itself as a chapter in a book. Um, you could use the solo episodes of you, um, like I was saying, could be like the overview of the chapter. And then some episodes in between are more the actionables and the takeaways in a book. So I think there's a lot of ways that you can kind of put it all together. One of my favorite ways of thinking of a podcast is like a sideways webinar. So like, what's like your story? <laughs> what problem did you have that you overcame? What are some things that you've seen other people with that problem have? And then what are some solutions to that problem? So that's five episodes right there. That makes some good content too. Nice. I love that. And I love being able to think about how to do one thing and create something else out of it because it's, um, so many people I see will do something and then they just abandon it. And it's like, okay, now let's do something else and let's abandon it and let's go do something else. And then they end up with this hodgepodge of <laughs> stuff that neither their potential clients know how to navigate through it, nor do they know how, what makes sense for people to navigate through. It's a lot of work to like come up with new content all the time. Actually, I work with a coach who she interviews me once a month to create blog posts and articles for me because, uh, you know, there's a reason I podcast instead of writing. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So if you can, if you can speak it, <laughs> um, you're, 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 you're golden. There's lots of, lots of different ways that you can use that. I, I, and I do love that. I think it's important to recognize that some people just naturally like to talk. That's how they get their thoughts out. That's how they articulate. That's how they brainstorm. And some people like to write. And that's awesome. And I think for those who want to write, but are more articulate <laughs> verbally, it just, it's a natural kind of step over. Yeah. And one other thing I want to mention on that too, is if you're an author already, <laughs> and you already have a book, uh, don't be afraid to share that content on audio because here's the thing. Everyone listens and learns in different ways. There's so many different learning types out there. Your audio listeners for podcasts are going to be audio learners typically. So they like that content. Doesn't necessarily mean that when they read that same content, 
they're going to put two together that they were aired in. So don't worry about that. And besides, people typically need to hear the same content about seven times <laughs> before they totally recognize it and, and, and get it. So that leaves your door open for more creativity. Like you don't have to keep constantly constantly creating new stuff you can just keep reusing old stuff even past episodes like keep bringing them back up keep resharing them out on social media just because you've already published it and promoted it once doesn't mean people have heard it uh so keep you know you're having new listeners all the time so just keep keep repurposing all that stuff and uh just be imaginative with your content let's put it that way <laughs> creative so what are, what's one of the most bizarre podcast topics that you've come across? Can you remember? That's a good question. Um, let's see, something off the top of my head. Ours are all like, kind of like very, um, I would say kind of all very much like personal development space. So not like any totally wacko ones. Um, they, I, Oh, what was that? there was I met this guy and I remember thinking how crazy his podcast idea was but how cool it was and I'm trying to remember what it was I think it was he was sharing on his on his podcast about people's um, wedding vows or something like he was doing something with wedding vows and then turning them into a funny like skit between to, between himself and himself on the show <laughs> and it was awesome. like I was like well that's like a totally out there uh, episode um we have one podcast um that's very woo woo which I love and it's the seven figure spiritual leader Danielle does amazing but she actually um her spiritual team comes in and she channels them during the episode which I think is really is really really unique as well um, oh, so fun. it's like you know like you can there's podcasts out there on the weirdest thing <laughs> for everything it was hilarious because somebody mentioned one thing they got like, and it was just a totally off the wall thing it's like you know like you could have an, a podcast about I don't know giving away chocolate and wicker baskets and I'm like no you can't and then type it in oh hey look there's like five of them. <laughs> it's like, it was just the weirdest thing ever so um and then part of it fascinates me in the whole like let's just go there. The world of porn, which I think is a very visual thing, but there's actually a underground um, podcast porn, which I think is hilarious. You got to be really audio to be able to listen to a podcast <laughs> or, or desperate for time away from your kids. Maybe it was while they were in their car and that was the only time they got to do it. <laughs> Is that like, is that the alternative now to reading those romance novels? Oh, yeah, I guess so, yeah. It's for the audience as opposed to the readers. That makes sense. You don't just okay. sit down and read it now. You can just listen to it, I guess. <laughs> I there you go. Or you just go Joe Rogan and, you know, do whatever the hell you want whenever you want and yeah. in front of a podcast and be done with it. I know swingers podcasts are really popular too. I've seen quite a few of those when searching, searching through the uh, cover arts. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, wow, they love that on there. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So, you know, no matter what you kink, I'm sure you'll find it in the podcast world. And if you don't find it, well then, you know, start up your own podcast and make stuff happen. So give us an example of one of your Cinderella stories. One of your clients that went from kind of not sure what was going on in the whole world to, they're knocking it out of the park now. Yeah, awesome. I'm gonna give you another story about uh, a story about a client who is in the it was in the horse space. So again, a kind of a weird topic for a podcast, right? So she trains horses and um, she's written a couple of books and she I was like, oh okay, this will be a really fun show to work on. This is different than what we've done before, but she essentially is a, a horse trainer. Um, and she wants to talk about how you can be in harmony with your horse and you, uh, you as a trainer. And I was like, great, this is, this sounds like a, a, a great podcast. Holy smokes. Did I not realize the caliber and like the, the reach this show had, I, it was number one in so many different countries. When it released on iTunes, it was downloaded so many thousands of times and it was appearing top of the charts in seven or eight different countries in Europe and in Australia and in the US and in Canada. And I was like, who thought like, but the horse, the horse training community is super loyal podcast listeners. So I, I love that story because like we were just saying, you never really know what kind of content is going to resonate with people. And um, I found out later that she had, she, her book is published in several different countries as well. So that, that's why she's got fans in a lot of countries, but it's, it, 
just to see that show thinking that it was it's a hobby show it's you know thinking that you know she's created a serious business from that and it's multi multi six figure business that I think is doing amazing and her podcast is rocking that is awesome I love that yeah Cool. So what are some of the stumbling blocks that somebody might be having right now? And they're going, Oh my God, Michelle, I need you so bad right now. Yeah. If you're, if you're in this analysis paralysis stage, <laughs> you're waiting for the perfect podcast. Yeah, thinking about it. Think about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you're thinking about it, if you've been, let's put it this way. If you've been thinking about it for more than a couple of weeks, uh, you waited too long to put it out. <laughs> we have a saying, if, you, if you're not embarrassed by your first few episodes, you waited too damn long to put your episodes out. <laughs> so, and I, I am only saying this from experience doing it myself that I waited so long to publish my podcast. In 2011, I wanted to do a podcast. I didn't know what the heck I wanted to talk about. So it took me to 2015 before I even launched a podcast. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'd helped other people launch theirs. So I really, I really encourage people, if you're thinking about it, just go out and do it and get started because your first one's going to be crap anyways, <laughs> and you're going to get better and better as you go along. So just do it. Um, get out of the analysis paralysis, the fear that no one's going to listen, just get rid of that fear because people are going to listen. And especially if you're promoting it <laughs> or you're letting your podcast guests are promoting it. And you know what, your, your message needs to be heard by somebody. So don't be afraid to get your voice out there. Your voice is going to get stronger. The more you're speaking, the more you're out there and you'll get more comfortable in your voice. I know that was one of the things that held me back is I wasn't really comfortable in my voice or using my voice. My throat chakra was all blocked up and I, I enjoy it now. As you can tell, I don't stop talking. So <laughs> just to wrap it up, as far as the things that stop people, fear, procrastination, thinking that it takes too much time. And also that analysis paralysis kills people. <laughs> totally. I know it took me three years to figure it out because I didn't understand the tech of hosting it somewhere and then putting it out onto iTunes. And just that, just that, which is super weird because I'm in the tech world. Uh, so you, know, you never know what's stopping your people. Just go and talk to Michelle. So talk to me about how if it hasn't been blatantly clear up until this point, how does podcasting help you to get it up and keep it up in your business? And of course, we're talking about the revenues and profits. Yeah, absolutely. You become a leading expert in in what you're talking about. So your the positioning is huge. So you're now an authority because you have a show, you have something that people want to come listen to. So that is going to help you keep it up and, and grow those revenues and profits. And um, I think being, being able to have a platform that you are the expert in is so helpful in today's day and age. There's a lot of noise out there and having your own show um, it just gives you that credibility and authority that uh, people are looking for in an expert and a leader. I just love it. Well, I know people are going to love you and they're going to want more of you. So how did they start gently stalking you? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, come to podcastsalesmachinelive.com. We have an event going on there. Um, and it's, that's all about uh, how to get it up and keep it up in your business. So that is all about the revenue and profit and how you can make your podcast work for you and your business. We have a great formula that we teach in that program just to get your podcast up and aligned with your business. And, uh, or if you want to jump into podcast toolkit, there's a lot of information in there to help you get started in your show. Nice. Toolkit is awesome. Talk to me about the workshop bit. What is that exactly? And how often do you guys do that? What's going on with that? Yeah. Podcast sales machine live is really taking your podcast and monetizing your podcast. So how, as I mentioned before, like sometimes there's like the business here and the podcast over here and they're not in alignment and they don't work cyclically together where they should. So your podcast should be feeding your business, your business feeding your podcast. So, um, and so if, there, if so, if it's not, this was a good program to come to you because we took a framework that's all about, you know, um, serving, uh, serving and creating a transformation in your listeners and then aligning your business um, with something that uh, that's the one problem that your listeners have, the one solution for them and the one way to get to you from the podcast. So one mistake we see a lot of podcasters making is that their call to action is all over the place. Or there's like 10 different lead magnets out there and then people are confused as to where to go and how to continue working with you. So that 
uh, event. Uh, I do that with my partner, Evans Putman, who has got a ton of experience in monetizing the back end of a podcast into the millions. So um, millions of downloads and millions of dollars in your pocket. So he also, uh, then they did sell that podcast as well uh, for a, a lot of money. <laughs> so him and I partnered together on that to really help people take that next step and monetize. That event is also good for you if you're brand new and just starting because having known, knowing that information in the beginning, so valuable. I wish I had known that information before I started. Right. So let me ask you this. What do you think is the most important element to kind of overcoming whatever fears, anxieties, negativity people have and going, yeah, I just, this is the way to go. Good question. Just do it. It's my answer. <laughs> do it. Get into action. The more movement you can create, if it's just little tiny baby steps, that action is going to create momentum for you over time and get you out of that uh, zone of thinking about it into the zone of doing it. And then out of that comfort zone, uh, I keep saying that I keep busting through my comfort zone that it just keeps making, getting bigger and bigger that I've just become comfortable being uncomfortable. So that's just, that's just the way we kind of go. <laughs> yeah. Comfortable being uncomfortable. I like that one. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Any other last words for our peeps? Yeah, you have a message inside you that this world is dying to hear. Don't be afraid to use your voice and uh, take a stand for what you believe in and get your message out there in the world. There are listeners whose lives you're going to make a difference in. Serious. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here. Appreciate and love your time. Thanks so much, Michelle. This is Michelle Nedelec. Thank you for being here with us today. If you know anyone who would make a great guest for the show, if you have a question or topic you'd like me to discuss, reach out to me at michelle at the little blue pill for business.com or connect with me on LinkedIn or Facebook. I'd love to hear from you. Thank you for listening to the Little Blue Pill for Business podcast with your mistress in business, Michelle Nedelec. Why are you still here? Go to littlebluepillforbusiness.com and get your goodies. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to share it with somebody else that you know would enjoy getting it up in business after you subscribe to the podcast, of course, so you won't miss any future episodes. Now, check the notes for links. Oh, and only tell your wife if she's into this, you know, entrepreneurship. And I'll see you both on the other side.